Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are a podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy here this afternoon. Uh, let's just jump right in. The Flames struggle out east with the Panthers, which is acceptable. With the Lightning, which is acceptable. With the Hurricanes, which is acceptable. Last night, they struggled with the Ottawa Senators, who had seven players out due to shoulders, knees, ankles, hips, ribs, COVID, whatever, and struggled with them. Unacceptable. Maddie, your thoughts last night. Flames lose 4-1. to one. Uh, Just ugly game all around, no? Yeah, it was not good. Um I'm like willing to cut them a little bit of slack. I think just with how much time they had off between games, like that was bound to get a little bit weird no matter what I feel like, but uh, still, still not great. Uh, Gordy, um, Matt Murray, uh, 6 and O with a goals against of eight, eight, three He's surrendered 25 goals in six games. Uh, Vesna trophy candidate after last night. Yeah, nice uh, nice play by Brett Ritchie to just shoot the puck right into his pad right off the bat to get him into the game. Um, now when Rick Ball starts the game off just listing how the Senators beat the Flames so many times last year and Matt Murray's winless, he just knew how the game was going to go. And combining that with the mostly empty arena was just, yeah, it was not a good night. <laughs> Michael, uh, as Gordy mentioned, Brett Ritchie shot, I saw your eyes roll all the way around. They came right back. They went all the way back and flipped back around. Uh, like the Senators, I mean, come on. They're like, what What gives? A full Flames team. Yeah, it was probably the worst game I've seen the last like three or four years, even at like the peak of like the Jeff Ward incompetence era, even the Glenn Gulletson incompetence era. Like it was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen. And yeah, as soon as they, they kind of started okay, then they got once they got down that first goal, like just nothing went right after that. Like they didn't play their systems, they didn't really generate anything most of the game, and it was just it was such a pain to watch. And I actually I had the privilege, which was not a privilege, of being in the building for that. And it was just pain is all I could describe it as. Like because you can't even have like a beer or something to get you through. You're just sitting there watching your team get run over by like the 29th place team in the league. It, w- it was not fun. Yeah, as I watched those first two goals go in, I thought, well, thankfully they cut the capacity down for 50% and I tested positive for COVID, so I didn't get to go to that game. So it actually kind of worked <laughs> out well for me. Um, it, anybody wants to jump in and take this? The minute Ottawa went up one nothing, I was like, mm-hmm. then they went up 2 nothing, and I was like, forget it. It's over. Like I just, I had no faith that they were going to be able to make a move and come back. Maddie, you seem, you're shaking your head in agreement now. Yeah, it just, they really didn't have it in this one. And I know, like, the Senators are tough because they're obviously not a very good team, but they can run through other teams. It's, like, very weird and cursed energy there. But, yeah, the Flames just very much did not have it, and I was feeling bad for pretty much the whole time. Yeah, uh, Michael, uh, it seemed like no jump, right? Just... The minute Ottawa got a goal, it was like, no, here we go. And looking at every 
seventh seat empty and it just like you know harvey like the drum was the loudest thing i think in the arena last oh it was God. just so empty was, right i mean yeah it was uh it was not great um you, you could just tell from like those first couple of goals with like the turnovers that came off of them, even the third goal that was also a pretty ugly turnover like you could just tell it was not gonna be their night and unfortunately we've had a number of these lately they've only won like two of their last nine or ten games so i think we're just looking at a team right now that like Sutter said, is kind of struggling to be like emotionally engaged in the games. And we've heard that now for like pretty much the entire, I would say era of this team in the last six, seven, eight years. So to see them going back down this path again, luckily they still have a bit of a buffer from their hot start, but it's a, uh, it's, it'll disappear quick if you don't figure it out. Yeah. Gordy, I was just going to bring up um, buffering. Cause like the flames are now in fifth place in the, the Pacific, which is still only, I think they're eight points behind Vegas, who's up front. Edmonton's a couple points behind them. They're not that far out, but at some point, Gordy, I mean, Florida's coming in for their next game on Tuesday at home. And I was just thinking a powerhouse team from the East playing in the Saddle Dome, that just spells disaster. Um, at one point, do you get worried about the Flames? Because are they, are they going to be like Edmonton or are they Edmonton just with better goaltending? Yeah, like you said, the buffer's nice, but it's probably the way they've been losing recently. And Losing to good teams is one thing, but they they really weren't close games. They gave up four plus goals to all three of those uh, teams on that Eastern trip. And then they come home and lose just as badly and score less goals against one of the worst teams. So while, yeah, like you said, like their record is not that bad. They have a lot of games in hand and stuff, but like you have to win those games in hand for them to mean anything. And the way they're playing right now and the trend they're on, like that, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. They're just going to, essentially waste these games in hand and and lose the spot they built up early in the season and when you look at it too uh michael you are correct they are they're two seven and one in their last 10 they've lost four in a row um and that four game losing skid they've been outscored 20 to seven i mean it's been horrendous and out of those seven goals Gaudreau and kachuk have four there's like nobody else really contributing to this team offensively right now at all um are the flames maybe not as good as we thought they were? Like, is this like, I mean, I know this is going to lead into another question coming up that we'll get to later, but like at some point, Pitlick, Lewis, Richie, Richardson, like those guys have to be out of the lineup because I understand like you're going to have a fourth line. It's just, it is what it is, but you got to have it semi-competent, right? And there's a lot of other players that aren't, you know, uh, that aren't living up to what they're supposed to be doing as well. Maddie, uh, are they just are they not that good? Like, is it just one of those time? Like, is it time to make a move? Is it move city now? Not move the city, but you know what I mean. Like, move, like, make a deal. <laughs> Pick the whole city up and put it somewhere else. And just go get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think they're not as bad as this skid would have us believe they are. They're probably not as good as the hot start either. Like, they're somewhere in the middle. Um, I believe that they're going to equalize at some point. I have no certainty on how soon that's going to be. So uh, not feeling great about these games coming up, but like, I don't know. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Gordy, Michael, you guys have an opinion. Uh, Did we overvalue the hot start by the flames and are we sinking too low right now? Or is it kind of added all together, divide by two and call it a day? Yeah, I think some guys they relied on early in the year that we thought were maybe having really good seasons or have been a lot quieter recently. I know you put out a piece about how Manjapani and Lentholm especially have 
really cooled down and Manjapani has supplied virtually nothing at home. So a lot of the stuff we did like has been good though. Like you said, Gaudreau and Kachuk are, have, haven't really taken a game off yet. That line still continues to be good. Um, as time gone, has gone on though, the, the um, weak spots of the team have definitely been um, ravaged though. Like now that Valimaki's in the AHL, there's nobody to take Zadorov out and it's just night in, night out of, him weakening that third pairing and those names you listed off on forward are just spare parts at this point. And you have Adam Ruzichka sitting on your taxi squad with more goals than Pitlick and plays a lot better than the majority of them. And he's not even playing in the AHL now. He's just sitting watching from home. So we'll see how they, how they change this up, but the good players have continued playing good, but these weak players in this lineup are not, are not, contributing and that's really being exposed over time i think yeah manjipani's only got two goals in his last 10 games and he only has two at home if you think about it he's got 18 goals on the season he finished november with 15 goals like that's how much he's cooled off and maddie sorry to bring you some bad news about lindholm who was 23 points in 23 games um but literally uh since his hat trick in washington He's only scored six times, and that hat trick was October 23rd. Like, those two guys came blasting out of the gates, and I, I expect them to pick back up. I'm assuming you do as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I've got Lindholm on my fantasy team, so I sure hope so. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Michael, uh, on the other end, guys that just aren't playing well, Dubé, um, we talked about it last night, uh, and I think we even mentioned it this morning. I love Michael Backlund, but I think – back then much like Monahan, I think his time in Calgary is probably close to being done. I don't know who's going to take his contract with the way he's been playing, but he's it's not even snake bitten like the goalie's making good saves. Every shot he takes just misses the net. Like he and his defense was atrocious last night. Um I guess that'll lead into our next question. Um a couple players you'd like to see the Flames move at the deadline, Michael. Well yeah, I don't know how much they going to be able to move any of these guys that are struggling. Like I'm still very on board for getting rid of Sean Monaghan, like any way possible. Like it was just painful to watch last night. Like even on the fourth line, just it's just not there anymore for him. Like it just, it doesn't seem like he can even like really think the game. Like it's just not going between his, his head and his hands. Like when he tries to make these plays, um, I don't know. I, I would have liked them to move Zadorov just because that's a lot of money tied up in somebody who's not doing very well. Like that's the whole thing is that the Flames have like a bunch of these guys that are making three, four, five million dollars that aren't really doing a ton, and that's going to stop them from being able to really make a big move if they want to do it. And it's just gotten so messy right now. Like we saw Tyler Pitlick in the top six last night. Like Brett Ritchie in the top nine. Like that's not going to win you games. Like I, I, as soon as they were down two nothing, you were like, yeah, this team's not scoring more than one goal tonight. Of course, it was the top line that scored it too. Like. There's there's just nothing about this team right now that like really inspires you any more confidence than like they'll make the playoffs like seventh in the West, maybe win a round if they happen to face another Pacific team that's struggling, and then they're done easily round two, probably round one, to be honest. Yeah, because they're just out of the wild card right now. They're only like one or two points out of being back in. So it's but it's just it's frustrating to watch. I mean, Gordy, right? You think Pitlick, Lewis, um, Richie, Richardson, those guys, if this was nineteen ninety-seven. You know, maybe those are grinders that are fine to have on your third line because you're not playing for a lot of offense. But uh, who are some guys that you'd like to see moved at the at the deadline if the Flames could move them? Yeah, it's we're obviously all talking about the same names at a certain point, but like eleven million dollars split between centers and Michael Backlund and Sean Monahan. That I mean, really, what it comes down to is they don't seem to have that 
elite level of skill where they can finish goals and set up plays like they're fine players you can maybe have one or the other but to have that much money now taking up your cap space and in guys that are not going to provide much offense after Elias Lindholm like to clear a space there and maybe put like a scoring center in but like Michael said like you're just not going to find trade partners for these guys at this point because they're they're overpaid and if you do move them, you're probably paying someone to take them at this point almost. So really it's going to be a classic Brad trade deadline where he's going to move some pieces around in the bottom six or the bottom pairing and nothing much will change really. And yeah, like, like it's been said, the flames might squeeze into the playoffs. They might win a week round, but they've been exposed for what they are really against these high level teams. Remember when Dylan Dubé was a guy that couldn't be traded because he was so good? <laughs> Do you remember those conversations? And like he's been so bad. I mean, Backlund, um, Backlund hasn't scored since November twenty first against Boston. Like long, and he and Monahan have they have eleven points. The two of them. It's just it's so frustrating to watch. Maddie, um, anybody you'd like to see gone at the deadline besides? And I'm I'm finally come around. Everybody, I'm on the I'm the anti Zadorov train. He's got to go. He's <laughs> just God. so bad right now. He's <laughs> to be around. alive. All right, he's just so bad, and I feel bad for Good Branson because he kind of drags him down. And Good Branson really hasn't been bad. But anyway, Maddie, uh, some guys you'd like to see dealt at the deadline. If you had if you had three three flames, you'd like to see shipped out. Yeah, it's, not Goudreau to Philly for me. I, yeah, I don't have any like really hot takes here, and I just like don't really anticipate any big moves being made either. Like everybody is just so cap strapped right now. Um, maybe we see something in the off season, but uh, not expecting a very exciting trade deadline. Yeah, you guys all remember when we were excited because the Flames locked up Backlund, Gaudreau, Kachuk, Monahan, Geo, all those guys at those great deals of between five and six, seven, five. It's going to be awesome. And now we're like, well, if we trade half those guys, the flames will be a little bit better, right? Um, yeah, just uh, just an odd scenario right now for Calgary where they started off so hot and then ever the wheels just kind of came off and it's you're starting to see if Kachuk and Gaudreau don't go out on a nightly basis and carry this team with help from Lucic um, and Oliver Shillington, like this, they're not, they're struggling big time. They, the Gaudreau-Kachuk thing I put up today, it's asinine how many goals those two account for when the flames are playing well and bad and nobody else just shows up i mean michael the defense too i mean you know i know defense is defense you know it's penalty kill it's you know your job is to help keep the puck out of the net but i'll say it's 2022 like defensemen are supposed to score and it there aren't a lot of defensemen scoring in calgary so they need some help from the back end now yeah it's um like you said just real quickly good drone kachuk like they're just doing so much right now and it's kind of got me thinking like if the wheels do totally fall off, like they're going to get a haul at the deadline for one or both of them, which I could get on board with. But um, from the blue line, it's just Oliver Shillington's been great. He's taken a step forward. He's leading the team in points on the blue line. I think he's somewhere in like the top 15 or 20 in the league for D-man scoring. Like he's been very good. I think Anderson, we still keep waiting for him to take that step. And then like, I don't know. Hannafin, I think has just kind of been what he's always been, which is like fine. Um, yeah. And you're not getting anything, which is fair from like a guy like Tanev. He's playing defense first. He's great. What he does, like no complaints there. But you're not going to expect much from him. And then yeah, the third pair, like it's a write off unless you maybe decide to try and find someone that's a bit more offensively inclined. But usually, when you're finding someone like that, they're going to have like huge holes in their defensive game as a result. Yeah, someone on Twitter posted last night a picture of Michael Stone, and it's like he's got to be thinking, "What did I do wrong? 
Like, like, what am I doing to not get on the ice? Same thing with Valamaki. He's going to be in Stockton being like, really? I, I'm not better than that. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I know I'm not eight foot five and I didn't ragdoll some guy to the ice last night, but at least I'm not, you know, slowly skating in as a guy streaking to the net or I'm out of position on plays. It's just, it's not good right now. Um, yeah. Anybody want to touch on goaltending real quick? Um, I don't think Markstrom was bad last night. I don't think he was great. Um, I think kind of that's one of those games you need your goalie to steal for you when you're going up against the garbage that was in the other end that looked like you looked like earlier in the season. He, Murray looked like he was just, you know, when the Flames did put the puck on the net, he looked really good. Um, I thought that first goal Markstrom should have had, and I think that just sets the tone. Maddie, uh, your thoughts on Markstrom's play? And I know he's been kind of dinged up a little-ish. Yeah, um, I mean, what he had a maintenance day today, too, so there's... Yeah almost certainly something going on there. So, um, I don't know. He was fine. <laughs> I'm not like mad about it, but your, your conviction in that take, either. your conviction in that take <laughs> is so solid. Uh, yeah. Gordy, uh, your We're thoughts out. on your thoughts on Mark. I mean, Vladar, you know, Vladar got thrown to the wolves the other night. So I don't think that was fair to him. And I don't think he played terrible. Um, are the flames goalies just hitting one of those patches that goalies are going to hit during the season? Yeah, I, I Markstrom, I thought, had a pretty good game in Chicago when they came back from that COVID break. But other than that, he, I, he really has not looked his best um, ever since. I think he gave up that goal to Connor Clifton against the Bruins, or it was just a atrocious goal. And ever since, like, I thought he was pretty porous against Seattle, wasn't great against Florida. And then, like you said, it last night was certainly wasn't his fault, but that first shot is probably not how you want to open the game. And even the second goal, like he he was completely sliding the wrong direction on Nick Paul, who went backhand. Like he was not even close to reading that correctly. So, like you said, like Vladar got thrown to the wolves. It's tough to read him, but he's also been on a little bit of a slide. Overall, I think it's more of a team defensive collapse, but it's it's probably not the best time to combine that with goalies who are coming off you know four-day breaks and these weird covid pauses it, it really takes them out of their rhythm i think they get into yeah no I, I completely agree and that second goal too i mean there was the bad defensive breakdown but, but he was way out of position and the breakaway goal uh a guy whiffed on it like it just totally like looked like me shooting a puck you know like trickled through five hole and then the other one went off his face as he hugged the post it was just like good lord so just stop the puck from going in please uh michael you got any concerns with the flames goalies right now um, a little bit, but I think like Gordy said, it's, I think you have to pin a lot of this on just the players create like giving up turnovers, just not covering as well as they could. Um, I just think we're kind of seeing also a bit of a canceling out of like the six or seven shutouts they had in the first like 20 games of the year. I think it all kind of comes out in the wash at the end of the year. And I, I think we're just, we're seeing their, their slump and every team has a slump at some point in the year. And They've got to put a stop to it quick, but they also have some tough teams coming up. So I'm not too worried about goaltending. I know Markstrom often kind of, he kind of gets these things where he gets like kind of injured, plays through it, gets more injured, misses some games, and kind of just the middle part of his season often kind of falls off a cliff. So I'm kind of concerned on that front, but I don't think you can really pin these results lately just on goaltending either. Well, hey, with that synopsis, what's it only four more years at six million? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, Flames, go. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we got all star game stuff to talk about. People are angry, people are happy, they have jerseys. We'll talk all about it when we come back on the Tinderbox. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are a podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael Gordy here today. Uh, we just finished our eulogy to the last four games for the Flames. We're moving on to other things. Well, I guess we can talk a little bit about the AHL kids. Like, are we going to see any of these kids from, we've seen Rajitska play a little bit, but like, are any of these guys going to get a chance this year? Because we kind of hammered on the, the caca in the bottom six. That's no good. Like, Maddie, they have they can't be worse, right? They literally cannot. There's nobody Matthew Phillips cannot come up and play worse than Tyler Pitlick, can he? No, definitely cannot be worse. Uh, but also I think history tells us that we will probably not be seeing these guys because we've been screaming to see some of them for like the last thousand years. So uh not feeling great about it. Okay, Gordy, uh, to, to, I guess piggyback off that, we've been asking for it. Everybody's been asking for these kids to come up. Are we overvaluing them, or is Brad Tree Living too stubborn? Does Daryl Sutter not want them there? Are these kids not good enough? I mean, they're all playing well in the AHL. Yeah, it's, it's more than likely that this isn't a Brad thing. This is maybe the bad that comes with the good of Daryl Sutter, which is that he really likes the polished, if unspectacular, veteran players, guys who will go out there and – do exactly what he wants and know what he wants versus maybe kids as he would think of them as that come from the AHL and, you know, maybe play good, but will make the mistake that he doesn't really allow on this team. So it might not come down to performance because as you, the guys you've mentioned, like Jacob Pelche has been the model of consistency as a rookie in the AHL and Matthew Phillips is having one of his better seasons so far, but it really doesn't seem likely and there's nothing on the horizon to see these guys come up because I think um, with Zadorov's struggles and them not really wanting to use Valimaki, it makes no sense that Connor Mackey hasn't come up and gotten a chance on that bottom side left pairing because he played really good last year, I thought, and he's played very well in the AHL and he's kind of at that age where he's kind of got to come up and play now or he never will for the Flames. So it, I think it's a very vocal coach who likes to play with the guys that he picks. He's very involved in, in um, personnel decisions, I think, but we're like, we're all saying the right things. Like the, the people, the flames put on the ice every night probably aren't their best players in the organization right now. And some of these decisions will definitely have to be made before it's too late. Yeah, and some of those guys, it's like they're not even polished. It's like polishing a turd. Like, it's just not good every time you put them out there. Michael, um, even a guy like Michael Stone, like, are we going to see Michael Stone? The one game he played, he was 
I thought he was good. He was fine. I mean, he seems the guy the Flames want to bring back every year. They love signing Michael Stone every time they have a chance, yet they don't use him. Yeah, I don't have an issue playing Michael Stone. I think he's... I, I just don't see what you're getting from those other two guys on the bottom pair that Michael Stone couldn't give you without some of the nonsense that those other guys bring. Um, in terms of guys from Stockton, like we said, like Pelche, like he kind of feels like a pretty obvious candidate, although they might just let him finish out the rookie year. Um, I'm all in for Mackey as well. I thought it was kind of strange how much of the Flames kind of hyped him after they signed him in last season. Like they gave him an NHL number right off the hop. Like they really hyped him up and then they've kind of just left him in Stockton this year when the rest of the team's been struggling at least on the blue line in the bottom three or four guys. Um, Matthew Phillips for me is a curious case because like he, he is really lighting it up down there, but I was not impressed with his training camp or his preseason whatsoever. Like I thought he really struggled to really make any sort of impact this preseason. And I know the flames probably saw that too, which that would be the only reason I'd have some pause for it. But I think like at some point you just have to say like, he's doing that well there. We have to at least give him a chance because these guys that we are playing can't score more than five goals each during an 82 game season. It feels like. I think that wraps up all we need to know about the, what's not going to happen this season. We're probably looking at down the barrel of the same flames for the entire remainder of the season onto the all-star game rosters were announced the other day and Calgary's Johnny Gaudreau making his sixth NHL all-star appearance in eight years. And what's bananas. He's the, he's had the third most all-star appearances of anybody playing in this game. Yeah, the other ones are Claude Giroux and Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, I, we're at the point where Johnny Gaudreau is like one of the like, longest-tenured all-stars, which is uh, makes my head spin. But it's great that he's there. The Pacific Division team is filled out with Leon Dreisaitl, Jordan Eberle, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Adrian Kempe, uh, yeah, Connor McDavid, Timo Meyer, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Thatcher Demko, and John Gibson. Anybody have any problems with? I don't have a problem with the Pacific. Kachuk might get a shot at being the... Uh, what is it, the last man over the rope or whatever the hell they call it, the third guy in? <laughs> like, I think, you know, Kachuk, the way he's played, probably, you know, he's fun to watch. Uh, Gordy, you got any issues with uh, what's in the Pacific? No issues, but it's it's kind of funny seeing how invested people are in these rosters when we know probably <laughs> that a quarter of them are going to drop out, like, a couple days before, whether out of protest or injury or whatever. Like, the amount of guys that are probably actually going to go or not who are on these lists today. Well, even Maddie, is there even going to be an all-star game? Is there a chance that it just gets shut down anyway? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring that up. I'm a little bit surprised that it's even happening. I mean, COVID risks are one thing. Also, there are so many games at this point that need to be rescheduled. I had been kind of wondering if they were going to use that break as a chance to reschedule some games, but I guess not. Uh a little weird to me, but what do I know? Yeah, we'll see from here. I, I'm, I'm going through the rosters to the Atlantic. Is anybody surprised that it's only Patrice Bergeron's third All-Star game? Like to me, that just blows my mind. He's just so good. I don't, I don't get it. And this, this is where it comes down. Like people are flipping out because William Nylander didn't get in. And it's like, how many Maple Leafs can you have on? Do you want just that whole division to be just Toronto? Just call it Toronto and like give them the All Star team. Like it doesn't make any sense, Michael. Any any snobs? Like anybody that's snubbed that you see on this list? Or it's the All Star game. Does it really matter? I mean, the only player I kind of expected to see that we didn't see was Nazem Kadri in mm-hmm. the central. Like he's been just on fire for the Avs this year. I know McKinnon was out, kind of losing it a little bit today about that. And I think I kind of agree with him. His main point was that 
we really don't need or we shouldn't have a player from every team. I think he said something along the lines of it's not the all participation game. It's the all star game. And there are some teams, unfortunately, that probably do not deserve to have a player there. But I do get why the NHL does it. Like they want all the fan bases watching their guy and stuff. Um, just with Maddie's point, about, like surprise that it's even happening. Like why? I just don't get it. Like these guys aren't going to be isolating the games in Vegas, which as we all know, is a place where nobody ever goes out or does anything <laughs> stupid. So nope. like, I, I just, I mean, it, they're, they're making the money back they lost last year, but there's no way there's not some like COVID cases from this because I don't expect 40 hockey or 30 hockey players just going to Vegas and not, you know, enjoying Vegas on what's basically just like a free getaway for them because it's the all-star game and no one really cares. The all-star game's happening in Vegas. Goudreau's on the Pacific squad. Does that mean they automatically lose because there's a flame playing in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Pacific Division, the uh, final man in, or last man in, whatever they call it, uh, Ducks is Troy Terry, Matthew Kachuk from the Flames, Darnell Nurse from Edmonton, Drew Doughty from the Kings, uh, Logan Couture from San Jose, Mark Giordano from Seattle, JT Miller from Vancouver, and Jonathan Marshall-Salt from the Knights. Um, is Gio going to get in based on just, like, the Seattle fans going to put him in just as kind of like uh, the old man gets his final last hurrah, we think? Or is somebody like Kachuk? Or, you know, maybe Terry deserved to get in. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a big push in Seattle to get Geo in. But, yeah, I think Kachuk or, or Terry would be probably the ones I would like to see. It also kind of sounds like there might be a push to get Geo out of Seattle as well, too, because his <laughs> name's been thrown out. Like, imagine that you bring a guy in, name him captain, then you just trade him at the deadline. There's also people banging the drum to get him to come back to Calgary, which I think is the dumbest mm-hmm. thing ever. One, he's not coming back here because he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And two, he's not taking anybody's spot in the top four. Are we going to put him down there with Gabranson as a door off? Never going to happen. So let's just, if you kick in that can, just kick it way out of the screen and be done with it because there's no need for that. Um, the all-star game jerseys have been released uh being a giant jersey nerd i always love when this day happens and i looked at them and i went eh, they're not terrible they've got some color which is nice for the first time in a couple of years um they weren't made with trash from the ocean i don't think this year so like and they weren't all done like the sharks and thankfully nobody's wearing all gold helmets because it's in vegas uh anybody have an opinion on the all-star game jerseys I wouldn't say don't speak too soon on the helmets. They, we haven't seen <laughs> them on the ice. <laughs> Gordy, what color? Okay, now I want to talk chin straps because the uniforms oh, no. are like white and red and blue and white. I mean, they're going to have what, like brown or a black chin strap on it? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, what do you think of them? I mean, there's been times where like they've done a good job. One of my favorite ones were... Uh, it was the year I think Goudreau and uh, Gio went together for, I think, the second time where they were like the white, gray, and neon green. Like, I thought those were a pretty cool setup. But then they had those weird Western-looking ones in Nashville that were ugly. Like, what, what do you make of the, the uh, jerseys this year? I don't know. They all kind of blend together for me year over year. Like, I would kind of prefer if we see them just kind of solidify, like, this is a jersey the Pacific wears every year. Like, this is a central jersey. Like, I thought it would be cool, but again – it's a business they're gonna they're trying to sell these jerseys there's some people that will buy them every year or at least like if it's in your city or your favorite player went you'll buy an all-star jersey um i don't know they like i said they all just kind of blend like i i couldn't tell you if you showed me a picture really except for a few of them like which year was which i do like some of the classics from like a decade plus ago like those were always good like the west versus east and stuff but no i'd rather see them kind of just go with like a unified like this is what the pacific wears every year and really actually like put some effort into them rather than just doing these kind of dark and light things but that's just me 
I, I just I wish they would just find a way to make it work color wise and go back to the like the 1991 All Star Game jerseys. Those are by far my favorite. Just the the orange, white, and black, the NHL logo, and just it classic. I just I think of those. I think Lemieux. I think Gretzky, Messier, Mike Vernon. Like you know. I love them. I wish they would just go back to that. Just that's my old man get off my lawn moment. Uh, okay, but but at least at least they have some sort of color in them. So yes, we have an all star game. Uh, we have all star game jerseys. Everybody's kind of just like, eh, and we'll see how it goes from there. Um, anybody got anything else before we wrap up and get out of here? Michael, you got anything you want to throw out there? Blue teacher captain. <laughs> funny. I know somebody that wrote an article about that. I think this summer before the season and got laughed at over it weird how funny how that happens huh i'm just ahead of my time i'm a visionary <laughs> but yes michael i agree with you watching him last night did you see his knuckles by the way i think it was Ugh. ryan leslie posted the picture of his hands today after that fight he's just like destroyed he just he lost it last night and it was kind of like finally nice to see somebody have some sort of passion by the way michael on our uh, mark and michael's musings thing we pitched Goudreau to get a, a letter, like make him an associate captain. Like, li- I know he's not like the vocal guy on the ice, but Christ, he does everything on the ice this year. Would, would you guys be okay with that? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And everybody like Michael's pitch of Lucic for captain? <laughs> At this point, yes. <laughs> yeah, right? Somebody's got to do something, right? Uh, Gordy, you got anything uh, um, helmet related or anything you want to get into before we get out of here? Uh, as a former scout of the Philadelphia Flyers, I just want to make it clear that we wanted to take Kale McCarr over Nolan Patrick <laughs> in the 2017 draft. I just want to put that on record. Thank you for as that. We, as we swing up to Maddie, Michael and I were lamenting that we didn't have you on to discuss this the other day because <laughs> we spent a good five or six minutes talking about this thing. Uh, what is going on in Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, nothing good. <laughs> I mean... Let me just say, as far as the the scout thing goes, like, that is real. That's been around for years. Like, we've known that a lot of the scouts didn't want Nolan Patrick in that draft. And Hextall kind of overrode everybody. And I don't know why it's becoming a huge thing now. It's, It's all very weird, and I don't have time for it. Fair enough. I've been following the Broad Street folks, and they are uh, not too happy uh, with what's going on in Philadelphia. So No, um, it's bad. Um, anybody want to talk about what happened in uh, Florida the other night in the luxury box <laughs> next to the owner's suite? <laughs> like, That's all you, like, man. No, <laughs> what was that? that? <laughs> what the heck was that all about, Gordy? <laughs> Good Lord. I, I just wanted Gary Bettman to have to have a press conference to address it. Like, <laughs> it would have been the greatest, <laughs> greatest press thing ever. I just have another, I just hopped on a Twitter. If you guys don't know, just search black kodak florida panthers <laughs> you'll you'll get what you need but it's like i opened up twitter the next morning and i was like eh, that's florida sounds about right <laughs> it's just good lord yeah yeah maybe harvey can do something at you know the next flames home <laughs> figure something out all right uh, anybody got anything else they want to throw in here or we uh we I, could uh shut this one down <laughs> i can't follow that up Fair enough. All right. We made everybody uncomfortable. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline, and you will find the Tinderbox. Also, past episodes of the Tinderbox, past episodes of Behind Enemy Lines, and Mark and Michael's Musings. Um, You can find us on the web www.matchsticksandandgasoline.com and on Twitter and Instagram at matchstickscgy. Thank you, everybody, for coming on, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.